six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus has raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews heard, learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. I just had, I just had the most amazing, overwhelming. Do you know, have you met the master? He's the most wonderful, incredible. Do you know he is the one, the one that we have been waiting for? Okay, wait, let me, let me start over. Let me tell you about my Lord about who he is, what he has done for me, what he is doing for all of us. He is the Messiah, the Christ. There is no doubt in my mind. <laughs> but let me take you back to the beginning. When I first met him, actually when my family, my brother Lazarus and my sister Martha and I first met Jesus, it all started with a man named John. Oh, he was fascinating. He would talk about the coming of the Messiah. We loved listening to him. And so we began following him. We longed for the coming of the Messiah, that he would come to help us. And then one day, one day it changed. I will never forget it. We were listening to John. And he saw off in the distance this man that was walking toward him. And I will never forget what he said. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God? Could this be true? Could, could the Messiah, could he be here? Could I really be alive to witness the coming of the Messiah? I... It was all just, it was so overwhelming. And so we were curious. So we began to follow Jesus. Many of us began to follow him. And Jesus, he started calling others to follow him too. And I remember in the beginning, Philip, he was so sure 
when he invited Nathaniel to come, he said, come, we found the one that Moses spoke about. Could, could this be the one that Moses and all the prophets told us about? Oh, we were so curious. And then the most incredible things began to happen. I will never forget the first amazing thing that he did. <laughs> this was funny. Jesus and his disciples, they were at a wedding. And this is not supposed to happen. But they ran out of wine. <laughs> if my sister Martha had been there, they would not have run out of wine. You don't know her, but trust me, if she had been in charge, that wouldn't have happened. But that day, they ran out of wine. And Jesus, he took, he took the, the, the jars full of water that it's supposed to be for cleansing, for washing our hands, and he turns it into wine. And not just the watered-down stuff that a lot of people would serve. It was the most amazing wine. The master of the wedding had no idea where it had come from. But the servants knew. And that story spread quickly. When they told us, we were overwhelmed. Who is this? Why would he do this? I remember another time. It was Passover. And Jesus was at the temple. He was in Jerusalem at the temple. And you see, oftentimes in the temple, people would be selling animals for sacrifice. And they would exchange money so that we could pay, you know, our dues. And people would travel from all over. And sometimes they couldn't have animals or they didn't have the right money, depending on where they were coming from. And so there would be people there who would sell. And you may think that was a nice thing, but that's not what it had become. Honestly, it had become a, they were just trying to rip people off and get as much money as they could. <laughs> what could we do about it? There was nothing we could do. But Jesus, he made a whip out of cords and he drove those thieves out of there. He started turning over the tables. He was pouring out their money. Oh, he was so mad. <laughs> he told them, he said, you get out of here. Don't you dare make my father's house into a house of thieves. Oh, the leaders, they were furious. But this was the kind of stuff Jesus was doing, these miracles, speaking and doing things with such authority. It was all so overwhelming. But it wasn't just the things he was doing. It was the way he would treat us, especially women. See, that's not common around here. We're second-class citizens at best, but not Jesus. He would treat us with such respect, such kindness. I remember the way he would look at me with just love and the way he would speak to me with such tenderness. I remember a time he and the disciples, they were on their way to Galilee, and they had to stop through Samaria to get there. And they left Jesus at this well while the disciples went in to get food. And when they came back, they were shocked to see him sitting there talking with a woman. See, men didn't do that. But not only that, she was a Samaritan. To say that us Jews do not like Samaritans is an understatement. But the disciples, they didn't say anything because they could see that she was so overwhelmed. She was so overcome by the things that he was saying. The way that he was treating her, she was weeping she wasn't usually treated with such kindness. The only reason she was even there in the middle of the day was because she couldn't come in the morning with the other women. And she was so overcome, she ran off and she was telling everybody, could this be the Christ? So much so it was pouring out of her that they started coming. They wanted to see, is this him? <laughs> I 
remember another time. Jesus protected this, this woman. You see, she had been with a man that she shouldn't have been with. And the leaders, they caught her and they dragged her before Jesus. They wanted to stone her and they threw her at his feet and they wanted him to accuse her. See, this kind of thing makes me so mad because there was obviously a man involved, but he wasn't there. They dragged this woman before him. And she, he, they pestered him and they asked him, what do we do with this woman? And Jesus, just calmly, he knelt in the ground and he began just drawing on the ground. And they pestered him even more and they were getting furious. And finally he stood and he said, okay, whoever's without sin, go ahead, throw the first stone. That made them mad because as much as they thought they were without sin, I mean, nobody's really without sin. And so what could they do? They started to walk away. And then he turns to this woman and she was shaking all over. She was so overcome. He lifts her to her feet and says, where have they gone? Is no one left to condemn you? She couldn't even look at him. She was weeping and shaking. She said, no one, sir. And then with such tenderness, he looked at her, he said, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. She was changed. See, that was who Jesus was, how he treated us with such love, with such compassion to people who didn't even deserve it, like those two women, like me. I mean, I tried to follow the law of Moses. I tried, but I just couldn't. I never felt like I could do everything that I was supposed to do, and sometimes I would just feel ashamed. But Jesus never made me feel ashamed. And I was just overwhelmed. And I became in awe of who he is. <laughs> but the leaders, they didn't see it that way. They started getting so worked up. They started getting so mad and things began to escalate very quickly. I don't know if they just, they didn't believe that he was the Christ. I don't know if they were trying to protect us. But they became determined to kill him. I remember this one time. It was the Sabbath. You see, the Sabbath is our holy day, and we are to rest and worship our God. And Jesus, he saw this man who had been paralyzed and blind for 38 years. Can you imagine? I would have lost all hope. But Jesus, with such kindness, he looks at that man and he says, pick up your bed and walk. And you know what? He did. It was incredible. But that's not how the leaders saw it. They were furious. They thought he was sinning because he was healing on the Sabbath. But not even that. They thought he was making himself equal to God, which he was because he was. But they were furious. And I think their stubbornness and their furiousness just made them even more blind because anybody who was paying attention could see who Jesus was. It happened again. He did it, it was another day, another Sabbath, and he saw he, this blind man, and he healed them. And the leaders, they were just beside themselves, and they were pestering this guy. How was this guy? How did he heal you? Were you even blind? He, they tried to ask the parents, and the parents were like, we don't know, go talk to him. And they were trying to ask him, and finally the guy was like, I don't know who he is. All I know was I was blind, and now I see. <laughs> I love that. And Jesus found him later, and told him who he was, and that guy was so overwhelmed that he too believed that he was the Christ. 
And he did so many things. Jesus did so many amazing things. I remember one other time, he healed an official son just by speaking it. The son wasn't even there. And when the official went home, he asked his servant, when did, the, when did my son get healed? And he said it was the day before the exact time that Jesus spoke it. He didn't even have to be there. There was this one other time. Jesus fed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Over 5,000 people, and there were leftovers. <laughs> but it wasn't just the things he did. It was also the things he would say and the way he would teach. People were amazed because he wasn't schooled like our religious leaders. He would speak with such wisdom, with such knowledge, with such authority. I remember he taught us that God had sent him, had sent him not to condemn the world, but to save it to bring us to the God of the universe. He taught us that he is the living water and that whoever believes in him would never thirst. Oh, how we thirsted. Not for physical water, but for hope, for peace, for strength. He taught us that he was the living bread and that whoever believed in him would never go hungry. Oh, how we hungered purpose, for meaning, for belonging, for significance. He taught us that he was the giver of life, true life, and not just in the future, but for today. Joy, peace, completeness, fullness, today. Oh, it was all just so overwhelming. And not that I needed any more convincing, but then Jesus did something that are no words. You see, by, by this point, he had become a very dear friend to my family, to Martha and Lazarus and I, and we loved him, and he loved us. But one day, my brother, Lazarus, he became very sick, very, very sick. But we knew if Jesus could just come. See, Jesus was traveling, but we knew that if he could be there, he could help him. And so we tried to get a message. We tried to get him there, but he couldn't come. So my brother, he died. And four days later, Jesus came. And I remember my sister Martha, she like ran to him. She was so much bolder than I was, but, but Jesus was so gracious with her. And she ran to him and she said, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus, ever so graciously, Martha, he will rise again. Of course, Lord, I know he will rise at the end on the last day. No, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Martha, do you believe this? Of course she did. Of course I did. I knew my brother did. And then Martha, she came to me. She said, Mary, the Lord is asking for you. And so I ran to him, and when I saw him, I just, I was so overcome, I fell at his feet and I was weeping. I said, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus, he was so tender, he began to weep, he began to weep, and he said, where have you buried him? And we took him to the tomb, and he began to weep again. And he wanted, he tried to move the stone away, he said, Lord, he's been in there four days, and he said, Mary, have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And then he prayed to God in heaven and then said in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he did. My brother was alive. He came out. I 
I was so, I was so overcome. The glory of God was before me. And I was so overwhelmed by his goodness, by his strength, by his power, by his greatness. He is my Lord. And all I wanted was for him to know how much I loved him. I loved him with all that I am and all that I could be. And if I could give him everything, I would. And so I, I did something I can hardly believe I did. But it, honestly, it felt so small in comparison to the greatness of our God. He is the giver of life. Uh, I found this ointment that my family had. It was so expensive. It was like the equivalent of a year's worth of wages. And I took it, and all I could think of was how little it was in comparison to the goodness and the greatness and the love of our Savior. And I took that ointment, and I, I walked into the dinner party, and when I saw him, all I could do was fall at his feet, and I began weeping, and I was pouring it over him, and I used my hair to dry it. And I know I shouldn't have had my hair out, but I had to I had to give the best of me. It was all I could do. I needed him to know. I, I, I was so overwhelmed. And Jesus, ever, ever the loving Lord, he defended me. As others, especially Judas, began to criticize what I was doing. See, Judas... He never saw Jesus. He couldn't see who he really was. He just wanted that ointment because it was expensive and he wanted the money. But he missed it. He missed who Jesus was. He is the most amazing, the most incredible. I am forever changed. He is the giver of life and I am forever filled with peace, with joy, with love because he has come for me. The Messiah has come for me, come for all of us. And it is just so overwhelming. Oh, oh gosh, so I gotta put myself back together. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't miss this. Don't miss him. Judas missed him. And he shouldn't have. He should have seen him. He was close enough to see who Jesus was. See Jesus for who he is. The giver of joy and life abundantly. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I see the work of your hands, galaxies spin in a heavenly dance, oh God, all that you are is overwhelming. I hear the sound of your voice, all at once it's a gentle and thundering noise, oh
especially if we're paying attention. This story, Mary, and so many others, they were, they were overwhelmed by who he was. But Judas missed it. And I've always been so sad by the story of Judas. I mean, we know in another book that he ends up 
killing himself. But Judas, he was so close. If anybody should have seen it, it should have been Judas. He was one of the 12 and he missed it. So our, my encouragement, our encouragement to us today is that we don't miss him. We can be close to him and still miss him. This song, I picked that song because it's kind of been a theme song of mine the last couple of years. And I know some of you know the journey. It's been an interesting couple of years when you know, my ex-husband left the girls and I. And in hard moments like that, people, there's two ways you can go. You can either lean, you can get mad at God, or you can lean into him. But when you lean into him, you see him do things. You see him work in ways that are overwhelming in the midst of hard stuff. And so again, my encouragement to us is that we would be paying attention. If we're only paying attention on Sunday mornings or in life groups or maybe the occasional prayer, we're going to miss so much of, what, of who he is and what he's doing. So we want to see who he is in the word that he's given to us in the Bible and every day in life and all the things that he's doing. When we're at the store, when we're rushing out in the mornings to get our kids to school, when we're tucking them into bed at night and they're wanting to ask more questions when they should be going to sleep, when we're at school in classes that we don't like or with our friends debating about choices to make, when we're at work with our coworkers, responding to our boss, interacting with clients, all of the moments of life, Jesus is working if we are paying attention. And so I want to encourage us one of the things that changed over the last couple of years for me is I began to spend time with the Lord consistently. I would like to have said I did that sooner than that, but it drove me to being with the Lord regularly. And if we are not taking those moments to be with God, we can't slow down enough to see him sometimes. I love to be at a park, but honestly, it could be anywhere. It could be in the car while you're driving. Turn off the radio, turn off the podcast, and just take a moment. It could be in the shower, in the mornings, when you're getting ready, when you're exercising. It could be when you're waiting in line at the store or grabbing your coffee. Put away the phone and just be in the moment. But let's notice him. Let's not miss him. And so my prayer for us is that we too would see him, the good things that he is doing, the peace, the hope, the joy that he wants to give us all the time, and that we would be moved to be overwhelmed by who he is. And so because we have this space, we want to give you a moment. I want to give you guys a moment to just quiet your hearts and minds, to close your eyes and to come before the Lord and ask him, spend a few moments in prayer and to ask him just to open your eyes to see him more, to slow down long enough to see him in all the parts of your day. Are there things that keep you from being overwhelmed by who he is? So let's take a moment. The band will continue to play. Just go before the Lord.
Father, we are so grateful for who you are. You are amazing. You are incredible. And I just pray that each person in here would know that, would know who you are in our lives, the love that you have for us. I pray against lies that the enemy has tries to convince us of or the ways he tries to steal our joy. And I just really pray that we would see you. And because we see you, that we would want to tell others about who you are so they too could be filled with the peace and joy that comes with knowing you. So we love you, Lord. We look forward to seeing you in today. Thank you, Jesus.